today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus says to the disciples, guys, listen to me. The world is going to hate you because it hated me. And it's on this walk that he spoke to his disciples about the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, saying, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. There will always be someone who does not like you, be it at work where your co-worker may despise you, or at home where your neighbor is envious of you. But do you know why everyone seems to hate you? Pastor Dan explains today how Jesus affects your life. When Jesus was on earth, the people of Israel despised and rejected him. When you receive salvation, Jesus lives in you, and as a result, people begin to hate you as well. But you can be in peace as Jesus has given you the Holy Spirit who comforts you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. If you have your Bible with you, if you can turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. Matthew, chapter 26. We're also going to look at Zechariah, chapter 13. Zechariah, chapter 13. If you want to go ahead and find that in your Bible. Matthew 26. And then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Don't you love when disciples disagree with Jesus here? Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and he fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy. And so he left them and went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words. 
Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, we pray and ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we come to Jesus in Gethsemane. And it feels like we're walking on holy ground as we enter into this section of the Gospel of Matthew. In our last study, Jesus shared the Passover dinner with his disciples, and he used the Passover meal to institute the Lord's Supper and the New Covenant. Verse 30 says, after Jesus and his disciples finished the Passover meal, they sung a hymn together, and then they went out to the Mount of Olives. And so they they leave the city of Jerusalem They go out to the Mount of Olives. As Jesus left Jerusalem and went to the Mount of Olives, he crossed into the Kidron Valley and over the brook of Kidron. It was nighttime. It was a full moon during the Passover, so they've got a moonlit night. I mentioned that during the Passover, the Jewish people sacrificed over 250,000 lambs in the temple on Passover They made so many sacrifices in the temple that they actually created a drainage system from the temple that drained the blood from all of the sacrifices down into the Kidron Valley and into the brook of Kidron. And I mentioned that the word Kidron, it means dark or murky because the water in the brook in the Kidron Valley would turn dark with the blood of the lambs that were sacrificed. And I wonder what Jesus thought as he crossed over that brook that was stained by the blood of the sacrifices, knowing that he would be crucified the next day as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and that his blood would be shed for the sins of mankind. And so Jesus went with his disciples out to the Mount of Olives to a place called Gethsemane where we know Jesus was arrested. And it's not a very long walk to the Mount of Olives and to the Garden of Gethsemane. It's only about a 10 or 15 minute walk from Jerusalem. Of course, they may have stopped along the way, got a gelato. But this is Jesus's final moments with his disciples. This is his last opportunity to share his final words, his final instructions, his final exhortation before his arrest, and what was on Jesus's heart as they headed to Gethsemane, what was pressing on him, what did he want to tell his disciples before they arrived in Gethsemane, and you think about a final conversation that you have with someone, what would you want to communicate to them, what would you want to leave them with, what is the most important thing that you want to say to them. Well, John's gospel records for us this conversation that Jesus had with his disciples as they were making their way out to the Mount of Olives. It's recorded in John chapters 15 to 17, if you're taking notes. John 15 tells us that during this final talk, Jesus explained to his disciples that he is the true vine. 
saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And you can imagine Jesus and his disciples on that moonlit night. It's, the streets are empty because it's Passover night. Walking with his disciples and saying to them, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me. On this walk, Jesus explained to his disciples that they will be hated and rejected by the world. Saying, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So as they're on this walk, Jesus says to the disciples, guys, listen to me. The world is going to hate you because it hated me. And it's on this walk that he spoke to his disciples about the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, saying, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. He goes on to say, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So as he's walking, he's telling them about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the helper, that's going to guide them from this point forward. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away so that the Spirit can come. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. It's on this walk that Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world as they're walking. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You're going to find your peace in me. His final words, his final conversation. It's on this walk to Gethsemane that Jesus stopped and prayed for the disciples and for all believers. And John chapter 17, that wonderful, beautiful chapter that is truly the Lord's prayer and marks the beginning of his intercessory ministry for believers. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says Jesus always lives to make intercession for believers, including us. He's interceding for us. His ministry of intercession began on the way to the Mount of Olives. So this is the conversation they have on that walk. Something else to consider is the geography of the Mount of Olives. The road leading out of Jerusalem. The road leading out of town is on the Mount of Olives, right next to the Garden of Gethsemane. If Jesus wanted to escape from Jerusalem and escape the cross, he only had to walk a few minutes more up the Mount of Olives, a short distance, and he could make his escape into the Judean wilderness. He can make an exit here. In the Old Testament, King David fled from Absalom along that same route that Jesus is walking. 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 30. So David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went, as he was fleeing from Absalom. David used the same road Jesus was on to escape Jerusalem. 
Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Zedekiah. Zedahua, Zedekiah. The last king of Judah fled from the Babylonian invaders on the same route. And 2 Kings chapter 25. And Zedekiah fled from Jerusalem by way of the Mount of Olives. He made his way out of the city all the way to the plains of Jericho before the Babylonians caught up with him and captured him. My point is, Jesus could have easily escaped Jerusalem and the cross. He had an easy way out. He had an exit. He could just slip out the back, Jack. Just keep on walking up the Mount of Olives, and he could be out of town and out into the wilderness in a matter of minutes. But Jesus didn't take the easy way out. Jesus didn't take the easy way out. He stayed, and he chose to stay. Why? Out of obedience to the Father. Out of obedience to the Father. He came to do the Father's will. And the Father's will was for Jesus to die for the sins of people, to give his life as a ransom for many on the cross, including you and including me. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 says Jesus was obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus stayed out of obedience to the Father. And he stayed, number two, out of his love for us. He stayed for love. Instead of taking off and running off to avoid the suffering, Jesus stayed for love. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Aren't you glad you're not the author and finisher of your faith? Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. The joy of reconciling us back to the Father. The joy of spending eternity with us. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. As we see later in this passage, Jesus didn't want to suffer and die on the cross. He didn't want to go to the cross. He prayed and asked, if this cup could pass from me. He didn't want to go through the pain. He didn't want to suffer, but he stayed and he went through it out of obedience to the Father and because of his love for mankind. And listen, give me your attention, please. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example to follow. And sometimes we find ourselves in a really, really difficult and painful situation that we just don't want to go through. Just don't want to go through this pain. 
I don't want to deal with this. And we may be tempted to look for a way out, to look for the exit and take it when it's the Lord's will for us to stay and just go through it and just endure it. And that's God's will. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the Apostle Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And we say, yes, amen. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want resurrection power in my life. But the rest of the verse says, and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. See, sometimes God calls us to the fellowship of his suffering. Sometimes he calls us to be conformed unto his death. You know, Second Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says of his own life. He's talking about his own situation. He says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. Paul, again, he says, we were crushed by our circumstances. We were overwhelmed by our situation beyond our ability to endure, beyond our ability to handle it. We thought we would never live through it. We thought we were going to die. This is going to kill me. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to live through this. This is going to be the end of me. I don't think I can take this anymore. And he says, but as a result of, of being in that fellowship of his suffering, as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely on God who raises the dead. Something has to die to be resurrected. Something has to die to be resurrected. And sometimes we have to experience the fellowship of his suffering to experience the power of his resurrection. And here is Jesus, our example. And Jesus could have easily left town, got out, escaped. But he chose to stay. And he chose to endure it. Because that was the Father's will. He didn't want to. He asked if there was a way out, if this cup could pass from me. But he stayed and he endured it. Look at verse 31. As Jesus and his disciples were making their way to the Mount of Olives, Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So Jesus dropped this bomb on the disciples as they're walking to the Mount of Olives. All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. All of you will fall away. That's what the word stumble means. All of you will abandon me this night. Jesus says, for it is written, the disciples abandoning Jesus is a fulfillment of prophecy. His abandonment was predicted in the Old Testament. God knew in advance that the disciples would abandon Jesus in Gethsemane. And Jesus quotes here from Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. And he actually quotes the second half of the verse. But I want you to see the whole verse because the verse uh, actually has some important insights for us. So turn back to Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. Here the Lord is speaking. The Lord God, Zechariah 13, 7, says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, 
says the Lord of hosts. Notice that the word Lord is in all capital letters in your Bible. It's Jehovah, Yahweh. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. That's the part that Jesus quotes. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones. Now, Zechariah was written hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And this verse is talking about the Messiah who was to come. And, and here the Lord calls the Messiah who is to come, my shepherd, my shepherd. So the Messiah will be the shepherd of Israel. What did Jesus say? I am the good shepherd. He didn't just pull that out of the air. He's pointing people back to the Old Testament, Zechariah and Ezekiel, where God talks about he's going to send his shepherd, the Messiah, to be the shepherd of the people of Israel. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one Zechariah wrote about and Ezekiel wrote about in the Old Testament. I'm the promised one. I'm the shepherd of Israel. And the reason I want you to see this entire verse in your Bible is because this verse emphasizes that the Messiah will be both man and God. Man and God. Look at the verse again. The Lord God is speaking here, Yahweh, Jehovah, and he calls the Messiah my shepherd. And he says of the shepherd, my shepherd, he will be the man who is my companion. You should underline that in your Bible. He's the man who is my companion. So the Messiah, the shepherd of Israel, will be a man and the companion of God. That word companion in your Bible, it means to be equal to, to be equal to. So the Messiah will be a man who is my equal. My shepherd will be a man who is my equal. In order to be equal with God, the Messiah must actually be God. And so the Messiah will be both God and man. What does John's gospel say? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And then verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. First Timothy 3.16 says, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh in Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 5.19 says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He's both God and man. That's why Jesus is the only mediator between God and man, because he's both God and man. A mediator must represent both parties in the mediation equally. And so he must be both God and man to be our mediator. If he's only God or only man, he cannot be our mediator and he cannot reconcile us to God. Jesus is both. He asked me how I Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. 
Did you hear something today that struck a chord with you and you'd like to hear it again? No problem. All of the messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for these teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that sound interesting. Are you growing through this study in Matthew? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that cry.